welcome to the seventh season of From the Rookery End. My name is John and with me is Jason. Hello there. And Mike. Holy smokes, it's good to be back, isn't it? <laughs> it is. This is our seventh season doing From the Rookery End and as always, the last seven seasons, it's been our take on life as Watford fan as well as the take of Watford fans that we meet along the way and how maybe this season we might meet you and you might get yourself on the podcast. We want to get more people involved this year. You'll be in seventh heaven along yeah. with us. Along we with we us. shall be. We were sort of in heaven uh, tonight here at uh, the Lamech Stadium in uh, Stevenage. Just seen Watford win 2-0 in a pre-season game. Pre-season and games uh, don't mean much do they Mike? Stretch the legs isn't it I went, went to Woking on Sunday and uh, I saw uh, Matt Rouson on the way here said they might as well have had cones out on the pitch and uh, and the opposition should have been wearing bibs because that really was just a, a training uh, training match but this, this felt like one that was um, a bit of a step up there were certainly some robust challenges coming in from some of the uh, Stevenage players which I think Holobas amongst others took uh, took uh, umbrage at which was quite nice to see good to see him taking uh, uh, a fixture seriously but no it's, it's a chance for the team to get to jail, to, to get out of the hotel by the sounds of things, um, to show the new coach what they can do and to show each other what they can do. So the fixture itself, the result, not massively important, but the event is. It's, uh, they're, they're, we know, they know they're a key part. And, and quite frankly, it's nice for the supporters to come along and blow the cobwebs away as well. Another great turnout from Watford fans tonight. It was definitely a, a, a full end. Yeah. Jason, um, Mike made a young boy cry. He did. I think it was a highlight of the first half, to be honest. There wasn't, there wasn't much going on in that first half. But uh, I think everyone around us was, uh, was captured by the, uh, the interaction between said child and, uh, and the little kid that was sitting in front of us. <laughs> what happened, Mike? Uh, he wanted to play on my phone. And <laughs> what, what did he want to play on your phone? He wanted to play Pokemon Go, which I downloaded <laughs> for my five-year-old son. So I could see he was about five. I could see the look in his eye. He wasn't really enjoying the football. So I said, why not? Let him have a go. Uh, then it stopped working. Obviously, that was my fault. He kicked off. He started shouting at me. He started shouting at his mum and dad. Yeah, the whole thing was uh, was pretty horrific. But um, it was the highlight of the first half. Yeah, yeah but uh, you know, it just goes to show. As in life, you try and do the right thing. You can't do right for doing wrong. Can yeah. you? Uh, the second half was was didn't need distractions of crying children. It was, it was better, wasn't it, Jason? It was better. Uh, we we looked a lot more comfortable in the second half. The first half was a bit of a, a mishmash, maybe a. a an extension of the game on Sunday, whereas we seem to be a lot more flowing. Uh, the football's a lot better from Watford. Quicker. We, it was quicker. We were moving the ball about quicker. More players getting into wider positions to stretch the play. And uh, and we created a lot of chances. It could have been more than 2-0. Did we actually create chances or did we get the ball just down the other end of the pitch? I think we were creating stuff. That, that interaction out wide, we saw... Uh, Dekure come on uh, and there was a lot of good pass and move from him I thought that, uh, that stretched the opposition um, and yeah we were creating chances if you, if you uh, Isaac's success came on as well and sort of running at players Sinclair came on and was running at players and when you do that if you do that right you're going to create chances because you're creating space to, for other players to move into and you give them the ball and, and there they are you're, you're up the other end of the pitch and you've got a chance what maybe we would have liked to have seen is maybe some earlier shots there was one Deeney had one in the second half where it looks like it looked like he had plenty of time to score to shoot. He could have taken it first time. He didn't. He took a touch which allowed the defender back in, made the angle a bit tighter. And Chris Day, the legend that is Chris Day, <laughs> got out to him and, and, and blocked the shot. Veteran yeah. glovesman, as he'll no doubt be described <laughs> as in a report somewhere along the line. But yeah, I think um, we the game was exclusively played in the Stevenage half of the second half, which we, which as you'd expect, we had. 
pretty much all the heavy hitters out there. Um, Sinclair made a difference, I thought, getting forward, and we showed a lot of attacking threat. I think Jace is absolutely right, and the reason I mention it in the context of a friendly is because it happened last year as well. We were almost a beat too late with our with our attacking play, with either, whether it's either taking a shot or getting the ball in from wide areas. I think just that split second too late, and it gives the defence a chance to get back, reorganise, face the right way, and get. Because um, what we've seen with, with this strike force, with Igalo and Troy Deeney, they will sniff out a half chance if there's one in there. If that ball is ricocheting around in the penalty box, Igalo's going to stick that big arse of his out and he's going to make it very, very difficult. So uh, I think that's the only, you know, this is friendly, we're not going to wring our hands uh, uh, about it, but I'd love to see the ball coming in sooner. It's, it's a it's a game, a preseason game, a little late, a little early, a little heavy. You can tell that we're desperate for some real football to talk about <laughs> the way we're anal- analysing a preseason friendly about Stevenage. But like you say, it was great to be back and and, and seeing what for play. Uh, we've got a couple of things come, we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about stuff that has happened uh, and stuff that hasn't happened, let's say as well, uh, over the last uh, couple of months since the season finished, uh, and also have a think about what might be coming ahead. We know from our last podcast of the season, where Lana Burney spoke with Chiro Scolomino from Gazzetta de Sport. A, a Napoli fan. We learned that Walter Mazzari uh, is a, a man of 3-5-2. We have a, have a look at that and what that might mean for Watford this season. But let's keep going with the seventh season of From the Rookery End. A podcast made by Watford fans, fans for Watford fans from the Rookery End. There were some moments a few weeks ago where I wasn't sure if this season was going to be anywhere near well, I thought the season was going to be a big, big fat worry from, from, from beginning to end. There were lots of rumours and a lot of cash being talked about by us losing both our front men. There was six, a value worth, Michael, £60 million on that pitch today up front. Yeah, I can't imagine that's happened too often at the uh, Lamex uh, Stadium. Yeah, incredible to think that we could have sold our front two men, if, if reports are to be, uh, to be believed, for something like £60 million. Extraordinary and even more extraordinary that we've knocked it back. And I guess trebly extraordinarily, they they didn't want to go. The, the players themselves evidently didn't want to go. Um, you, I'm going to pick up on something you said there about the season being a worry. I still think it will be a worry. I still think this is going to be a very, very difficult season for Watford. We're starting a game with a new coach and a whole host of new players. We've got to establish ourselves all over again, I think, in the Premier League. But what you're obviously alluding to is, is Troy Deeney extending his contract. Now, over the summer, I think... We'd all, a bit of a self-defence mechanism, said we wouldn't blame him if he went. Please don't go, Troy, please don't go. Oh, we wouldn't blame him, we couldn't blame him. Champions League football, please, for the love of God, Troy, don't go, don't go. And I don't think we would have blamed him. I think he would have gone with all Watford supporters' good wishes. He he played for Watford during the thin times um, and has got exponentially better. He's grown with the club. Um, and the lure of Champions League football, the lure of playing for the for the champions of, the, uh, of England, the lure of what... Pre- Presumably would have been a, a, a large signing on fee and, and great wages close to home in Birmingham. Who, who would have blamed him? But you'd like to think that he that we have a bond with Troy Deeney as, as supporters. You'd like to think that he has a bond with, with us. I think the way he interacts after matches, the way he is um, in and around the ground. I think the way he is, like you know, the, even the moments when he, he goes close... He's he's always expressive to the to the yeah. fans about how he is and there's a connection there's a big connection there and I don't think we imagine it and I know I know football supporters are, are guilty of of over sort of egging these things sometimes but I think there is a there's a real bond there between us and 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 I think he feels that and I don't think he owes the club anything I don't think he owes him a debt or or he, we we deserve his loyalty 
I just I just think he felt that perhaps there's a job that's still to be done here. We can we can we can improve on last year's um, season. He can continue to perform. Um, there's talk about Sam Allardyce taking over as, as England manager. They're going in a new direction. Is he going to get be playing week in week out in Leicester? Perhaps not. Is he at Watford? Almost certainly. You know, Troy Deeney could be an England player a quarter of the way through this season and. It's just fabulous that he's staying. It just gives everyone that little bit of a boost, that little bit of confidence. Um, and in the dressing room as well, I think it feels like, I think is a big character and I think Troy's the other one. But if he'd have gone, who do you looking at as your captain? I guess someone like Kapu, if both of those guys are injured. But do you think Etienne Kapu is going to um, have that rabble-rousing effect in the dressing room, that, that, that sort of binding agent, if you like, to get everyone going? The, the you know, the tub thumper, the, the someone who really, really gets it going and has a link perhaps between the management and the dressing room and someone who understands the football club. Like, we need that team to understand the football club. He does all those things. I don't think we're overplaying it. It sounds like this is our, our tribute to Troy. I don't think you can overplay it. He's obviously got his faults. It'd be great if he can improve as a footballer. He's done that every year. There's no reason to expect he won't do it this year. Huge, huge, huge moment for Watford to, to, to get him to sign on. We're the Orns. You're the Orns. Come on, you Orns! There's two exciting things that fans are looking forward to, Jason. Number one, the new kit. Thoughts? <laughs> I, I think it's right. It's yellow, isn't it? Yeah. Which, is, which is a good start. That's about it. I, I like the fact, well, two things. I'm on the, in terms of style, I prefer black shorts over red shorts. Good. I also like the fact we've gone back to a white away shirt. I quite like the look of that. Okay, okay. The other big thing we're looking forward to was, of course, the fixture list. Last year, the fixture list, you went, that's I don't think you can ever look at a fixture list in the Premier League. Any club could look at a fixture list in the Premier League and go, that's all right. It's not going to happen. But you want to look at the sequence of games. Now, last year, straight away, that Christmas period was a huge flag saying, let's prepare ourselves to that. And I sort of think maybe we over-prepared ourselves to that. And that was the, the, the peak of the season. It all went downhill from there. Mm. Jason, looking at the that fixture list, it's not a great home start, is it? It's scary, isn't it? It is, it's, it is scary. You, you sort of look at it and you saw my first reaction was, oh my God, we're going to be bottom come, uh, come the end of September. Then, of course, it's followed by a, a run of games that you think, oh, OK, we could get a lot of points out of those. But if you get that far and you haven't got many points, does that does the confidence suffer? Do you then sort of look at the rest of those games and go, oh God, they must win games? You say you've got to play everyone twice over the course of a season. It all evens out in the end. But sometimes the the order of those fixtures come coming can make a difference. I think, but I think if you look back to to last season, we had a relatively not straightforward because, as you said, John, nothing's easy in the in the Premier League. But I think we had, you know, we, who did we have? We had West Brom, Swansea, um, Southampton. Southampton, Everton away, had notoriously slow starts as well. Well, yeah. yeah, but we had some. <laughs> we did have. If we were going to say right, let's have let's ease ourselves into this season. That was the that was the sort of fixture list we were going to have, and and it and it wasn't easy, was it? It wasn't. No. If we didn't, you'd, I think if we'd have played any of those teams, perhaps in October, we would have we would have probably have beaten them. So, um, but, but the thing is, with, with the, what we've got, Chelsea, um, Chelsea, Man United, and Arsenal, is the the killer thing for football fans is expectation. Mm. Are you going to be going to those games, Jason, with any expectation whatsoever for them? I don't think so. I think with your head screwed on. Going into a, into a league game when you're playing against similar opposition, having sort of any sort of expectation, maybe is a bit naive. I'm sure when it comes to the day, I'll turn up and be going, oh yeah, great, we'll win this one, three points. But, <laughs> well, 
but I think having your head screwed on, you you, you just don't. And that's it's sport, it's competition, and that's that's the way it should be. I'll, it, t- I'll tell you what it will be though. Vicarage Road will be absolutely bouncing for those games, and I think that could possibly play to our advantage. I did, I do think that as the season rolled on, and obviously the the results did get and performances stagnated towards the end of the season, but the the games felt a little bit less like an event, and there was that a bit more of an expectation around Vicarage Road. The supporters perhaps stood on their sat on their hands a little bit more, and there wasn't the noise levels that there perhaps was understandably so because of you know the, the circumstances but what you will find now for those first couple of games people will be back fresh from fresh from weight you know the this they expect not the expectation but the anticipation will have really ramped up by then there's been big turnout here at Stevenage every on a Thursday night it's you've got to schlep up the motorway it's not just hard to get to and uh, it was not hard to get to but you know and it takes some commitment but by the time you know August the 13th 20th whatever rolls round people will be ready to go and those games are massive events and let's look back to let's look back to when we got promoted that day at Brighton when we knew we were in the Premier League these were the games that we wanted to have and the fact that they're going to come thick and fast bring it on absolutely magnificent what my my initial reaction was this could be bad because the home fans you know the what you call the vast majority of Watford fans are going to could possibly see Lose, lose, lose. No, I don't. Uh, no, 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 listen, 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 worst case scenario was Watford lose, 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 and with a change of manager and a change of formation, yeah. all of a sudden everyone comes out saying, oh no, this is terrible, go back to four four two. go back to change the manager, and all of a sudden it could be, for me, as a Watford fan, annoying to hear all the fans who are focused on those three losses, because they were the first three games that they saw, but of course we know, actually we could grab hold of those games, yeah. and we could actually get three points out of any of them one win three draws something from those and that will lift that team for the, for a very long time in this season the other the other important thing to note is that we are talking on the what is it the 13th of July mm. and i think there's still some pieces of the of the squad puzzle to to fall into place i think they're certainly looking for at least another two i guess to to come in so we don't know the the makeup of the squad yet and we don't know quite just how good this this side is going to be we're going to look to improve on what we've had so far we've we've seen uh Decore today who who looks really exciting in that in that sort of sort of center of midfield but still at the beginning of this beginning of a season however many pre-season games you can play a 100 percent ready Watford team is not going to happen but we could play that really well to advantage and they might go in there with no fear no expectations and it might be good but what I think you're overlooking is I mentioned Decore there. Who do you think he was playing against last year? He was playing against Lionel Messi. He was playing against Luis Suarez. He was uh, taking pot shots against Ika Casillas. You know, he, these are, he, this guy isn't going to be... These aren't players who are going to come in and be cowed by seeing the Man United badge. They don't, that's, that's who they want to be playing at. That's who they think they should be playing against. And they will be determined to, to give them... I think they'd be disappointed if, if, if a month before the season we were worried about the fixtures. Because these guys... Uh, these play, have played in World Cups, European Cups, um, Champions League, you name it. And that, that's the that's the calibre of player we're trying to attract. It's difficult. We don't get the absolute cream of the cream of the crop. Mm. But these are better players than we've probably ever seen. Ever seen at Watford. And you're absolutely right. Will they knit together? Will 3-5-2 work? Will um, um, uh, Matsari get them going? Will he enjoy it? Will There's loads of variables. But what we can be, what we can be sure of is that the players we're bringing in won't be they will be licking their lips at that run of games and they'll be thinking what an opportunity for us to, to, to mark our, our uh, arrival at Watford and what an opportunity for us as a squad to, 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 to sort of kick the door down in the Premier League season and we, if you can't be confident now a month out when we're making these great signings 
people have actually heard of and it's easy to slip back into that or oh, can we hang on can we nick a point can we get three points out of the first 12 and I understand there's a fine line between realism and um, optimism and um, you know there's a Joy. fine line between <laughs> yeah. that but I think we just have to say at this stage let's just go for it we absolutely obliterated Liverpool at home last year we we, we beat Arsenal in the FA Cup we've shown we can do it we've shown the, the, these players can can do it um, they're at our football club for a reason There's, we're, we're slowly sorting the wheat from the chaff now and it's going to be unlikely that that poor players and players that cannot and players that can't contribute in a in a high profile game won't play for Watford it's as simple as that so yeah it's going to be tough yeah if we win a couple of them great but at this stage let's let's just we should be approaching those games with excitement with enthusiasm and a bit of optimism let's let's go for it bring it on a podcast by Watford fans for Watford fans this is from the rookery end there's still signs to come in. We've had a few in, Jason. But one man who came on near the end there, put a smile on my face, Matty Vidra. He's back. He's back. Interesting, of course, and we've got no idea. Will we see him uh, in a Watford shirt, in a new Watford shirt? <laughs> Will we see anyone this, in a new Watford shirt? In a new Watford shirt this season. I sort of went back to our roots towards the end of last season and went to QPR Reading and saw about 10 minutes of him and not much really happened then. Uh, and we got about 10 minutes of him tonight and not much really happened tonight. <laughs> so on that showing, it, it, it's hard to say. Looking at the front line, is he still someone that will bring something different to what we've got? We've already talked about Dini starting every week. You'd imagine Igalo's going to be in a similar position. Is Vidra the man to bring something different? Or is Sinclair now going to be that man? Is success now going to be that man? Has Vidra slipped down to fifth in the pecking order? Well, one man, boy... Let's say who uh, definitely wants Matty Vidra back is Mike Sanarlo. And when I saw him the other day, uh, he gave me the reasons why Matty Vidra should continue to be part of this Watford squad. So, uh, Arlo, would you bring back Matty Vidra? Yes. Why? Because he's a good player. But last year, Watford said, no, you're going to go somewhere else. If he was to come back, what would he have to do for you to say, yes, Matty, you're back playing for Watford? What should he do? A chip in the goal. And why would why would that be good? Because it would go in the top corner. And that's important. Yeah. Okay, so uh, Arlo Parkin, you are one hundred percent bring back Matty Vidra. Yeah. From the rookery end. The game's finished and the car park's getting very very dark. Is it not too scary, Mike? <laughs> I've got owls on me jumper <laughs> so they will guide me home with a range of twits and tawoos <laughs> at half time we caught up with Michael Maruzzi uh, who he writes for uh, ESPNFC.com as a Watford fan a Watford blogger uh, we caught up with him at half time uh, to have a chat about 352 and how it might look this season so half podcast of the season uh, we uh, Lana Burney had a chat uh, with Chiro Scolomino from Gazette Data Sport about the new Watford manager uh, Walter Mazzari and we, we hear that he likes 3-5-2 three, three, and Jason so far we've seen a 3-5-2 uh, here at Stevenage early days I think as Mike said in the first half depth of depth of vision 
but <laughs> death and field vision from low down in the stand makes it quite difficult to analyse. Yeah. That's your excuse. Anyway, that's my excuse. Yeah. We've had most of the possession. It's not been... It's been a slow build-up, hasn't it? It's been a slow build-up. When we switched it across the park quickly, we only did that once or twice, it, it looked like our, our wing-back's got a bit of space. Other than that, it's been a little bit congested, but it, it's always hard to tell with these pre-season friendlies. OK, we've been joined by um, Michael Maruzzi from uh, ESPNFC.com, who does a Watford blog on there. Right. Um, you wrote a, a, a post today, Michael, about 352, and were Watford ready for it? Is, is it the sort of thing you think we, we could do? I think there's still quite a lot of question marks about how quickly this squad can adapt to it um, I think you know they're very used to playing a certain way under Kike Flores last season that was very organised regimented very reliant on the front two to get them goals I think we all know that they need to adapt a bit more be a bit more dynamic um, but it's, it's a bit too early to say I still feel there's a there's a question mark about how much you know just spark this, this the midfield have to, to support Dini Nagalo up front, but it's very early. What, what would be your three-five-two if you had to start the season for the after the second half? Well, I think the front two pick themselves and the goalkeeper do. Um, I think you still have to look for Kapu in midfield as one of the the two holding midfielders. I think the other one is up for grabs a bit. It's Watson, Barami. I don't think Suarez has done enough yet to say he deserves to start. The real question marks probably on the, the two wide areas. I don't think we've got, you know, I, I actually quite like Holobas on the left yeah. in this role. I think it suits him more. He likes to get forward. He's, he looks like he wants to take his man on. I think on the right, that is really up for grabs on the right at the moment. I don't think there's anyone you could say is nailed down to start on the right. We're playing Amrabat there at the moment. Likes to get forwards, but question marks over what he actually does when he gets there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Otherwise, it's probably Guediora or, or Anya. Um, they're... they're <clears throat> they're sort of what you would call a pacey player, yeah. but not what you would want to call an out-and-out -out winger, is are they? Yeah, and uh, well, I don't think this the way that this sort of going on what I saw of Matsori's Napoli side, they don't play with out-and-out -out wingers. They are more sort of the, the defensive players who like to get forwards, if if that makes sense. So it suits Holabas because he's not really a traditional fullback that you see in England. He likes to do a lot of his work in the opposition's half, which can give you heart attacks at time when he is playing at left back I think this system suits him but yeah on the right we need we need someone similar on the right who can who can provide that width so for the less tactically astute which I oh. think I'd probably put myself in that bracket I'm, I'm, not, sort of, I'm not calling myself tactically astute here this no. is, I'm a bit out of my depth unfortunately for you I am so uh, Jace what are the benefits of a 3-5-2 if he does get it right I don't know that's us Mike no, anyway. <laughs> um, well, we've, said, we've seen probably the uh, the pluses and minuses of a 3-5-2 already uh, in the championship of course but we saw some great attacking football playing 3-5-2 under Zola if you can get the balls to the wing backs quickly and you can find the space out there you can attack those spaces and, and get the guys piling forward and, it's gonna, and, it's, and it will look good we know how good it looks we, we saw it like I say in the championship there are negatives there as well and again we saw the bad sides with 3-5-2 before where you've got to make sure you protect that space behind you and teams were finding that space quite easily against us in the bad times especially under the sort of in the Zola days just getting that balance right and I think that's why those wide men are so important and I, I agree in that Holobas I think would be very good he was unlucky not to start a lot of games at the end of last season I felt and I'm really pleased to see him back so yeah got to get their men right and the advantages will come they're a good attacking play 
out wide that we didn't see last season. So the question I've got for Michael then is, is it worth the gamble? We know that if it works, it works well and it looks good. The fans are going to enjoy it. But the thing that we were successful about so quickly last year was that defensive solidity. We were difficult to beat, difficult to win games as well, but we weren't so bothered about that because we, we, we hit our first target. We weren't letting goals in. We weren't conceding. Strikes me that if this goes wrong early, we could be exposed pretty brutally with Southampton away, who are pretty decent going forward, and then we don't need to tell, you know, explain to anyone who we've got coming up after that. So, is it worth the gamble of, of sticking with going for three five two? It's it is a massive gamble. Um, I I think there's only so far we would have gone playing the way we were playing last season, and there were times when it was it was pretty excruciating in the second half of the season. I think particularly like how narrow we were playing central midfielders in wide midfield roles was was painful to watch at times I think they had to change something uh, I think Jason's right in you know under Zola we saw the, the benefits of how attacking that could be it was a bit Kevin Keegan-esque at times um, uh, and one thing Watford didn't do very much last season is once they went behind you kind of thought they've lost that game because they didn't seem to know how to even if they they wanted to really throw themselves at teams they didn't seem to know how to do it so I think they needed to change something because they could have easily been found out this season. Teams could have just, well, they did start to get found out last season. They thought they know, teams knew how to stop us, and they did. So they, had to, they have to try and change something. But Mike's right, it, it's a brutal start to the season. And if they're not on it at the start, then we could see a couple of hammerings, which we didn't see last season. And what that does to morale and confidence, and everyone suddenly starts to panic a bit and think, hang on, are we a bit out of our depth here? But... But I think, you know, Matt Sarri's played his formation everywhere he's gone, so he knows how to do it. He's not been universally successful, um, but but when he has got it right, it's been really good. So I think we just gotta we gotta ride ride this one out and, <laughs> and hope for the best. Are you gonna prepare to ride this one out, Mike? I'm always ready, if strapped in, ready to well, ride. The last few years, I mean, it's not like we're not used to a bit of change. So uh, yeah, I think. It's going to be, um, it's going to be a tough, a tough start, and I still think we need a few more bodies uh, to, to get us ready for that. Is three five two going to do it for Watford? Yes or no? Yes. We're still a way away from the season. We've got a away, uh, away, 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 away. Uh, we've got a couple of games they're going to be playing private games uh, in, in Austria where they're going to go away for, uh, next week private games <laughs> do a lot of my have you work. been to? <laughs> <laughs> um, and we've got a couple of we've got a game against uh, way at QPR yep we're playing the uh, French version of Leighton Orient is that right Mike? oui uh, Lorient Lorient um, <clears throat> And we um, and I can't think of anything else we we can go and see unless we well we can't what else what else is there? Yeah, that's it. I think we've got QPR, we've got Lorient, and then there's the uh, they've got some other interesting matches in uh, in Austria actually, aren't they? The new season's coming. It's the seventh from the Rookerian season. There's a beautiful new green pitch. They didn't go with the blue one. Green pitch, uh, which you see on on online. Um, there's new things going on. New bar areas, if you fancy it. Yeah, if you fancy it. Do you fancy it, Mike? Well, I don't know. It depends how much money I get for my birthday, because it's <laughs> uh, as a lot of people have noted, it isn't cheap. But um, it just, uh, I think it's the 
progression of the stadium is continuing apace, isn't it? Which I think is the the exciting thing. And if you think back, I mean, I just think back to how far that stadium's come. I and mean, just walking past it, it looks bright and shiny, and they're, they're doing little the little finishes and flourishes that make a real difference. And I think that tells you all you need to know about about what from the direction we're going in. I think. I understand people are concerned about perhaps a movement away from the family side of things. I'm not sure I, could, I really subscribe to that. I think it, those that go to the the uh, the day on the 31st will see a club very much um, in touch with its responsibilities to to the community and to and to families. So, yeah, I understand where people have come from with the, with a couple with. with perhaps being emailed about the captain's bar, thinking it was going to be something an added perk for season ticket holders, but. Ultimately, it's a, it's a new revenue stream for the club that hasn't been there before. I don't think anyone can begrudge um, the, the owners trying to generate funds in, in any way they can. It's something that wasn't there before. If you don't want to use it, your match day experience will be exactly the same as it was before. So, yeah, it's, it's developed, it's generated a bit of perhaps negative press, but I think that's more down to not much to talk about um, with the. Uh, with uh, yeah, we're only pre-season. Aren't we? Well, my thing is, if you got the cost for that, add it to your normal season ticket, you still got a season ticket that's about three hundred quid cheaper yeah. than uh, Arsenal fans and many other fans around the, the country. So, um, you don't want it, don't use folks. it. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> um, Jason, last pre-season we did a podcast, and you said Watford's biggest scalp of the season was going to be Liverpool, and Watford's biggest scalp of last season was Liverpool. Jason. <laughs> Who's going to be Watford's biggest scalp this season? We're going to beat a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, who do you reckon? Go on. Uh, Put it out there, Jace. Uh, this season... Uh, let's, let's, go bold, let's go big. Let's okay, go bold. Okay. Let's catch Manchester United off guard. <laughs> okay. The opportunity's there early. We've, we've obviously talked about this in, uh, in detail already, but we could well catch one of those teams off guard early in the season. Let's go for Jose's menu. I'm going to your prediction, Michael. Which defender is going to score the most goals? Oh, it's really difficult, isn't it? <laughs> it is because it's going to be loads of them this do season. You know, do you know who it's going to be? I'm glad you asked me because I know. I know the answer to this <laughs> okay, one. Okay, go on then. Jose Holobas. Well, don't look at me like that. That's I, the answer. You asked the I'm, question. That's right. the answer. I, I'm go trying on. to think, will, it, will, it, will you classify him as a defender? He's a wing-back. That by, by definition is a defender. Oh, okay. Right, okay, okay, okay. Is Jose Holobas a defender, yes or no? Mm. Oh, hey. <laughs> oh, I was thinking one of the tall lads in the back, one you know. They're yeah, on the back three. Oh, I don't know. I, I think uh, Britos might surprise a few, you know, this year. Uh, um, but can I just say, yeah. um, I agree with Jace about beating Man United. I'm desperate for us to beat Tottenham. Okay. We have to beat Tottenham, surely. Uh, it's just, it's just getting ridiculous. Um, so yeah, let's let's sort them out, please, Walter. Okay. Uh, next one. Who is going to be the player of the season slash the highest that isn't Troy Deeney or Heredio Gomez? The highest placed if it isn't one of those two. It will be Decore. Oh, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, yeah, you, can, you can yeah, say yeah. and I'll go along with it. <laughs> Um, what will be the highest number of goals Watford score, Jason, at home in one game? Four. Will it come early or late? October. <laughs> okay, right. Which 
Watford player will get sent off first this season, Mike? No red cards this season. <laughs> no, <laughs> come on! No red cards. You saw Holabas here on a pre-season. Yeah, once, once he starts scoring, he'll chill right out. No, Don't you no, worry about no, that. No. I reckon Arlowskis in the Carling Cup. <laughs> okay. We've talked about discipline, actually. That's something I did want to talk about. So they're in the hotel at the moment, aren't they? Right? They're in Sotpur House, and I think they're going to be together for, is it three weeks they're going yeah, to be yeah. together for? And I know uh, Oviolari is expecting a baby any time now and Mario Suarez has just had a, had his kid. Well, how do we think about that sort of approach for the keeping them all together for, for team bonding? I don't know about enough about the dynamic. I think it could easily work. It's three weeks. Two of them, I think they're going to be in Austria anyway, aren't they? Yeah. Um, and it's probably quite important that with the new players and a new manager that they get their heads in gear ready for three big home games against some very good football teams. Jay Shura, you're a successful head coach these days. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and successful stand-up comedian, as you know. Um, <laughs> if anyone has any proof of Jason's stand-up, please send it to us because we haven't seen it. But we've, you, you, you might have, you haven't heard about this. Mike and I have, we want to see it. Jason apparently did very well at uh, a, a, an end-of-season dinner. Anyway, Jason. <laughs> Dinner, that's, that's doing it, uh, that's, that's bigging it up somewhat. <laughs> Finger buffet was more appropriate. Um, what were we talking about? Stay, staying in the hotel. I, it might separate the uh, the ones that don't want to be there from those that do. It might actually show Volta, because he's got, we, we already said he's got a, a, a reasonable sized squad and we're going to be expanding on it. We already got more uh, of our allowed foreign intake uh, than we can put in the 25-man squad so he's already got decisions to make as to who's not going to be there and these weeks together might wheedle out those that he doesn't want to be part of the team team being the uh, the main word there capital T at the beginning of that teamwork makes the dream work people <laughs> what I quite like is the fact that if you're going to do it I think you do it now you do it at this stage and you you put your foot down and you say, you know, I'm your new head coach. I want you to understand that this year you need to make a commitment to me. You need to make a football a commitment to this football club. It's going to be hard work, um, but get used to it. And I think what you can't do, you can't put the genie back in the bottle. If um, you're all nicey-nicey for the first two or three months and then things don't go so well on the pitch and you all of a sudden say, right, come on, shape up, shift. You know, we all know that that doesn't work. It's very difficult to change behaviour once it's once it's been allowed to sort of manifest itself. So I think it's, to a degree, I think it's a, um, a bit of a risk. And I guess it's part of, part of the dad in me when you see the pictures of Mario Suarez being split off from his kid. But ultimately, it's, it's, for, it's for three weeks. Um, he's extraordinarily well paid and that his wife and child will be um, enjoying themselves no doubt in the, his absence not in that way Mario not in that way <laughs> I trust uh, Mrs Suarez implicitly although I wouldn't trust me around Mrs Suarez if you, if you see that um, but um, yeah three months um, but yeah so I think it's better to, I think I understand it um, and I think it's a good point I hadn't thought of it Jace that it might it might throw a spotlight on those who on dissenters if you like and those that he might are either going to have to work harder on or, or quite frankly kick him out we've got a season ahead our plan and I'm going to put a capital P at the beginning of that word uh, is to do these podcasts weekly we started doing it end of last season we're going to continue it this season as best we can unless life gets in the way I have a baby June November we might go a bit dark in November, but we're, we're going to be doing this. Um, uh, we want you to get involved. Uh, the podcast is going to be out on a Monday. 
Uh, and if you ever want to get involved, the best way to find us on any social media, we are Watford Podcast on all your social medias. So try and find us on there. Uh, and, and please Don't get involved. Don't try. There is no try. Yeah. Only do. Find us on social media at Watford Podcast. It's great to hear from you. It's one of the best things about doing the podcast is hearing from fellow Watford fans. It must make it all worthwhile. So, yeah, if you're thought, thinking about getting in touch, if it's an email, if it's on Facebook, if it's uh, uh, Twitter... Um, if you've got John's mobile number, feel free to text him. Whatever. <laughs> Just uh, yeah, it's all joking aside. It's great to hear from fellow Watford supporters. We don't always get it right as well. We know that we sort of stand here and talk, and we can agree with each other. Tell us if we're wrong. Let us know. Get in touch. Thank you. One great thing that happened recently was uh, when uh, Gerardo uh, left. Um, some of you came up with some amazing, amazing poetry. And uh, if you go on to fromtherookend.com uh, website, uh, and there's an article that'll be for this episode, which is uh, episode 7.1, seventh season, episode one, see what we do there. Uh, you can see a couple of examples of those poems. And uh, yeah, get involved uh, in those sorts of things. It was just beautiful to read, beautiful to read. Thank you very much. Uh, a season ahead. There's only one thing to say. Come on, yours!